Hey guys, so today's a little bit of a different episode. Um, I was on my buddy's show, Gallo, over at GG Fitness. Cool episode, he basically asked me a bunch of questions on dealing with injuries, how to come back from injuries, and just different things that come up that I see in the office that would be beneficial to people that like to exercise. Hope you guys like the show. All right, guys, what's going on? Got my man, Carlos. Carlos, what's going on, man? Introduce yourself to my uh, to my people in the online challenge. Gallo, how are you, brother? Uh, Doing first great, of all, brother. I want to say thank you for having me on. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Carlos Aponte. I'm a chiropractor by trade, I guess you could say. But I, I like to tell people that I kind of wear two hats because I have a degree in exercise physiology and I also have a chiropractic degree. So I can nice. wear the hat of the trainer and then I can also wear the hat of the chiropractor. But okay. I predominantly work with musculoskeletal injuries in sport and in active individuals. So that's a whole gamut of things we can talk about. <laughs> Definitely, man. Definitely. Now, I'm, I'm going to gear more towards, like, I guess you can say not the athlete portion of it, but with, like, everyday people and people, you know, getting into fitness, right? What are the, some of the common common injuries or, or common things you see um, in the office? Well, I, I guess the first thing you have to realize is that everyone's an athlete in their own way, right? Because True. you can have someone that can squat 500 pounds or you can have someone that can squat 135 pounds the amount of force that they put into that lift is that could be a hundred percent for like, so what, what's the difference at that point? Mm -hmm. So when it comes to common injuries, it's really hard to say what one specific thing is, but I guess I can tell you what misconceptions people have with training. Right. And I think it's that a lot of people go into exercise thinking that it has to be a hundred percent. Right. So every single day you go in, you train as hard as you can, you should be dripping sweat and you're on the floor dying. <laughs> But that's actually the exact opposite of what training should be. So what I tend to see a lot of is overuse injuries, right? Injuries mm -hmm. that really only happen when you're pushing the envelope too much, right? So when people train to a point of exhaustion every single day, that's why the knee injury happens, the elbow injury, the hip. But I guess injury really depends on what type of exercise they're doing, if that makes sense. Right. Got you. Okay. So from that perspective of uh, overuse and uh, from a getting into a exercise program, right? What is it that usually from an overuse standpoint you see most of? I mean, low back pains of 40, I, I think it's 40 billion dollar industry now. Gotcha. So lower back pain is probably the most common thing we tend to see, right? Okay. So that's usually due to improper loading, right? Improper use of weight or moving weight that we should not be moving either too fast or too slow or it's too too heavy. Gotcha, okay. So when it comes to lower back injuries, it gets, it, it gets tricky because a lot of times is the lower back injury due to what you did that one day you were deadlifting or was it due from months prior to the way you were deadlifting? Gotcha. So when it comes to these type of injuries, you have to see one, was it a traumatic injury? Like if it happened today, or was it something like, I was deadlifting 135 pounds, my back is 500, why did I just blow my back out? Maybe the way you were deadlifting up until that point wasn't efficient, and then that's what caused the injury. Gotcha. And, okay. it, and, and it usually takes a coach's eye to see that. Because right. we, all of us think we're savages and we're, we're, we're great lifters and we move very well, but a lot of times we don't realize, wow, my, my back was actually curved when I was lifting this weight or my neck was in a different position. And then time after time, repetitive overusage will lead to these injuries. 
Right. Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense from uh, that perspective of kind of like loading too much or just uh, improper form. Now, how much of this do you see from an everyday person, say, who who sits at an office and has constant back pain aside from like an exercise program with somebody injuring themselves through the exercise program? What about like the everyday people who maybe don't exercise, but, you know, have low back pain? You know, what are strategies that or things you recommend for people to do to kind of, you know, give themselves a bake from sitting down all day. Sure. Yeah. Or, and, or, or being in this hunched position with the shoulders. Right. You yeah. know, what are common things that maybe you see from a perspective in the office that uh, hinder people and mm-hmm. because of those injuries, right. They're kind of usually afraid of starting an exercise program because of like current or just uh, pain that they've had just from, you know, say yeah. work in general to mm-hmm. now, you know, I'm a little afraid of doing any type of exercise because I don't want to injure it or make it worse. Right. Sure. So you asked a lot there, but Mm -hmm. let me start with the last point you said about fear, right? Because fear is usually one of the main signs that people don't want to do a specific movement. So people say, oh, it hurts when I flex forward, so I'm not going to flex. Or it hurts when I extend backwards, I don't want to extend. hurts when I twist, whatever the issue is. Our spine is meant to twist. Our our limbs, our extremities are meant to twist. So it's finding what specific position is hindering us and working in those positions to get out of pain, right? To a certain extent, right? Mm -hmm. We have to stay within our lanes, right? Like me as a chiropractor, am I going to start loading someone for a hypertrophy? Yes, to a certain extent, but then I shuffle them out to a trainer and is a trainer going to fix a shoulder pain issue probably not they'll work with them to an extent until they can't and then ship them off to someone like me or some other type of physiotherapist so it's understanding what position is causing the pain Mm-hmm. working through that or making regressions around that, right? Because there's a guy, Charlie Weingroff, and he talks about training equals rehab. And, and I truly do believe that, that the thing is when you exercise, there's blood pumping to the area, there's anti-inflammatory markers that are coming out. And that's basically like your elite. That's like your pain relief, right? right. A lot of people, they realize, wow, when I exercise, this doesn't hurt as bad. Well, that, that, that shows a lot. So the first thing you have to re- do is if it's really that bad where you can't get out of bed, you have to get assessed by somebody, right? You get an assessment, you fi- figure out if there's any nerve involvement, any disc involvement, if there's a fracture, right. there's nothing there. I think it's fair game for you to get down and start really figuring out yourself what's going on. Because for me, when it comes to me treating a patient, I'm not fixing anything, right? I'm helping to improve range of motion and decrease pain so that then you can go out and make yourself better. And that's, that's your job, right? right. That you specifically Gala, where you work with the clients to teach them that pain could be there, but you can, you can go through certain motions, right? But when it comes to the fact of sitting, I mean, people sit eight, 10, 12 hours per day. And for me, it's not an issue with sitting, like sitting is the new smoking. I don't, I don't believe that. I think sitting in one position for too long is the issue. Okay. So if you have to sit throughout the day in meetings, that's fine. But if every hour, you should get up for five minutes, right? For maybe five to 10 minutes, you should be walking around the block if you're working from home. Um, you, I'm, you, you using all these postural things, yeah, I guess that's okay. But if you just get up and move a little bit and get the blood flowing, that's enough. 
I know people like to get ergonomic desks and standing desks or position their, their screens in certain ways. That's all good. And we can talk about that. But what it comes down to is just moving at least one to two times per hour. That's my biggest thing I can tell people. Gotcha. Because okay. if you move, if you move uh, once an hour, you get up, walk to the bathroom, walk around the house, or if, if you're actually in the office, you walk around the office and go to the water cooler and back. That's enough movement as it is. Because if you see me on screen here, there's no way I could sit like this all day. Right. Because you sit like this, your your mid back's gonna tighten, your neck's gonna tighten, and then you start getting shoulder pain, right? Absolutely. You sit in a position that's comfortable for you, one, that isn't going to affect your mechanics, two, and just getting up once per hour, I think is the best thing you can do. But for people that are literally in back pain just from long periods of sitting, it really depends on how, on how, course, how, how, to, go about, how, to, how to go about like rehabilitating them or getting them back to what they want to get to. I, no, I, 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 I definitely hear, hear you on the it depends answer because a lot of times, even with like training somebody, uh, from an exercise selection or from a nutrition standpoint, right? It, the answer is something, it, it depends, right? Because there's mm-hmm. never near, just never know uh, one clear answer. But I really do like how you mentioned um, the aspect of, it's almost like you, you kind of say, even if you were training or with some type of pain to just move, right? I like that because I think what prevents a lot of people is usually they have some type of pain and they could be where, whether shoulder, leg, knee, right, hip, a lot of common areas that people uh, usually have. Um, the first instinct is to not move. Yes. Right. So my, my thing is always, and I've seen this a couple of times because it happened to me when I had back pain you know, like 10 years ago. Um, and again, it all depends on, I guess, the person you have or the person you're working with, right? But I can literally remember uh, the doctor I went to, right, literally recommended and told me to sit in bed all day, right, to like not move, right? And then, and the pain just wouldn't, like, I wouldn't want to say it wouldn't fix itself, but the pain wouldn't go away. Like the back pain just stayed there and stayed there. But then, at least for me in my case and standpoint was that when I started moving, whether that was walking or or doing some type of like a little bit of exercise, right? I started to feel better, right? And I like that that um, that um point you brought out about like blood flow being like a, you know, anti-inflammatory of helping you pretty much kind of recover. Yeah, and <clears throat> it's on you. Like no one can really coach you through that. Like, you know, if this hurts, like you as the person say, this sucks, this hurts, mm-hmm. but like, for, it, it, it depends on if, is it, if it hurts here, if it hurts here, if it hurts here, if it hurts here, right? So it's you kind of playing with that. I My goal when you leave the office is to realize, okay, I'm resilient enough to be able to go do X, Y, and Z. I have people that come in here hunched over. I'm like, get out and walk for 10 minutes tomorrow. And, they, and, they, and nine times out of 10, I felt better after I walked yesterday, you know? It's just that simple movement that people don't realize is so important. And, but at the same time, rest is also important. You had ACL surgery. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're, right. you're kind of, you're, 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 you're on the couch for a couple of days, for sure. but it's important to keep the, 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 the areas moving. It's not even just for blood or even like neural, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I dealt with a, a stint of low back pain about a month ago where I, I injured my lower back and I realized two weeks in, I'm like, wow, I'm really guarding and protecting myself. Like I was really, literally, my shoulders were up here. 
gal. And I'm like, what, what am I doing? It, it's just, you protect yourself. Like if you injure your bicep and you walk around like this all day to protect it, like, no, I have to protect it. When you try and bring it down, it's going to tighten again. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what you're doing to your muscles all day when you tighten and protect them and you're sitting on the couch. But that, and that's with any, that's not just the spine, that's the elbow, the wrist, whatever any muscle or air joint is injured. You have to keep moving it. I firmly believe that. Gosh, that's a, that's a good takeaway there from just a perspective of whatever it is that you do, just move, right? Cause I'm, I'm huge with people, especially like, you know, again, we got, we work in two different fields, right? You're a chiropractor. I'm in like the, the, the fitness, losing weight and working with people that, from that perspective. But I think one key takeaway from both of us that we're trying to say is just pretty much is move regardless of what uh, the goal is, whether it's um, trying to get healthier, trying to start an exercise program or trying to uh, feel better or recover from an injury uh, is in a way kind of, I wouldn't say working around the injury because that all depends on the person, but mm -hmm. just moving will help you uh, feel better. Um, and there's obviously much more benefits from, from walking from just that standpoint as well. Yeah, exa exactly. And I'm not, I'm not saying, I know you're not saying this either. I'm not saying suck it up. You grow up, move. Mm -hmm. No, I'm saying that after a full assessment and after you are fully cleared and you still have pain, but you're okay to do what you need to do on your day-to-day -day basis. It's just practice. It's just literally experimenting. That's what it comes down to. It's just experimenting with your body. You go to a physical therapist, they, 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 they won. Everyone's not getting the same thing. At least, I mean, at least they shouldn't be getting the same thing. Right. Right. So it's you finding the baseline for that person. So you find the baseline for yourself of what you can handle and then keep building from there. That's, that, that's great. You know, maybe you have pain with like an overhead dumbbell press. There's no reason why you can't landmine press. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it, ch changing positions. Right. Pretty much at the end of the time, at the end of the day, it's, it's kind of like finding um, what works best for you while you're injured or having some type of pain. Sure. Absolutely. Now, what other thing do you uh, recommend for people who, I guess you can say, if they're experiencing pain or it stops them from exercising, you know, what, what are key takeaways you kind of sometimes or, or pointers you give to people who maybe are injured and are trying to start something, right? Do you just recommend, you know, just walk? Do you uh, recommend them to start in a body weight program only? Sure. You know, do you just have them follow the, um, I guess you can say, uh, the template you have uh, written for them? Obviously, at your chiropractor office where, you know, mm. they can recover from a, some type of pain or get better, you know, what usually are the, like some steps that you like to uh, point out and take when working with a patient. Right. So I, I try and educate as much as I can and rather than, than scold and tell them they did something wrong, explain mm -hmm. to them why this happened, like why this injury happened. And I think it all comes down to how you're programming your workouts. Right. So let's say you're on a four week block of a strength emphasis, right? So you're working on your strength for four weeks. For some people like me specifically at that end of that fourth week, I know I'm starting the red line and I'm definitely going to need a couple days off. So what I say is the reason why this injury happened is because you didn't take that time to take the next couple days off to recover, right? Overtraining is a real thing. 
right? And people have to understand what overtraining is. What's overtraining? You feel like crap all day. You feel like you're running a fever. You go to work out and you feel absolutely nothing. You're exhausted all day, but when you go to sleep, you're not tired. You know, you feel like you have the flu, but you don't have the flu. You're not hungry. You know, those are all signs that our body's giving us that we're doing too much. And we're starting to hit that upper, upper envelope of like, yeah, you do one more of these workouts and you're done. Okay. So usually when people come to me, it's when they pass that envelope, right? Right. So when you pass that, you have completely overtrained and you, you have an injury. So my strategies for them is let's say you, you're in a program and let's just use the weight of 100 pounds to make it easy for us to understand. So let, let's just say you were lifting 100 pounds in whatever movement. Let's say you, you go through your course of therapy and you're ready to start back up. Most people go, okay, I'm going to start back at 80 or 90% and go back to the way that I was once using and, and, and see what happens. And then they get injured again. Right. I always tell people for that first week to start at 50 to 60% of what you were previously doing. Let's say you were running uh, f- uh, 10 miles a day. You go back to five or even three. And then once you hit that 50 to 60% of your intensity, then you go up to about anywhere from 60 to 70. So I usually to give it a, depending on the injury, anywhere from like two to four weeks to get back to what we once were prior to the injury. It's just really case dependent on that. Like, is it a very bad strain? Is it just a minor kink? Like it, it all, it all depends on that, but usually it's just going back for whatever you were doing, 50% for at least two weeks and then building up from there again. Gotcha. All right. So it's much needed rest after some type of like a rigorous strength program to rest yeah. after a be, four-week block or something, right? Yeah. Be, yeah. Taking that week off or that deload week, which I'm sure you, you incorporate with your, with your clients and using that deload as a time to recover. You're still doing whatever light active recovery you do, be that going on the treadmill and going on a light jog, you know, hitting like, like you, I don't really do body, like bodybuilding splits, like curls and dumbbells, but I'll do like upper body emphasized movements during my, my deloads week. Like, why not? Just getting blood pump into the body, very light reps, like 12 to 15 reps in, with any movement. <clears throat> And that's enough for me, but that works best for me. Absolutely. People have to find what works best for them. Maybe their deload has to be three weeks into a strength cycle, or maybe it's seven weeks into a strength cycle. It's whatever works best for you. Yeah. But it's realizing that when you have this injury, it's because you did not take the proper precautions to deload. So you overtrained, and now you have to take the specific time to come back. You can't just jump right back into it after a week. Even if you feel good, you still need, because that muscle deconditions from one week of not training. So if you start back up at 50% and then keep building up incrementally back to 100%, you'll see that the injury most likely usually won't happen again. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do like how you mentioned, uh, you know, either working your way up, right, to the intensity mm-hmm. or, you know, scaling back and tailoring it back to maybe do a little, little less. Yep. Right, because I always feel like at least from a perspective of clients that I work with, either they come to me because one, they were either doing too much. So now we have to kind of like um, lower the load or the intensity of how they're working or working out. Mm-hmm. Or from people who maybe aren't doing much or being inconsistent with it to now I list, you know, two or three times a week or whatever it is that they're able to come or be active from a, mm-hmm. um, you know, training standpoint, because um, usually from what I've seen, definitely from uh, at least the clients and, and population that I've been working with is that one, um, unless they're a high school athlete, right? I haven't seen too many cases of uh, like overtraining, but it's definitely a real, real thing. 
Absolutely. Sure. Right. Um, and I, I mean, I've been like, um, uh, I guess you could say, upon that fact from a, you know, younger Gala perspective of doing way too much. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like there's also that point where you do too much, but then you're not seeing the results you want to see. So sometimes it's about like scaling back. Sure. And it, it, it also is a thing is if it was as easy as adding five pounds every week, we'd all be jacked. Right. Of course. <laughs> but that's impossible. Like linear progression is only to a certain extent. Then we start to plateau. Yeah. So what we all tend to do is just keep adding five pounds. Right. But if you start to get more intricate with like waving it, like one, one workout's really tough, one workout's really easy, another 100%. one really tough. So if you play with that type of stuff, that's just one example of waving Absolutely. your load. Yeah. All of that can prevent these things from happening, but it takes years of one learning in school, learning in practice, and then from you messing yourself up too. Yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. I have a, I have a client. It's funny you mentioned that because I have a client who uh, like, I literally have to uh, keep him from overworking sure. because in his mind, he thinks that every week we should be going up in weight. Right. And it is, humanly impossible to go up and wait every single week right um especially with at least from the population that i work with it's like there's no reason to have to always increase weight every single time i mean there's many ways to exercise anyway as it is from a uh, from trying to make a singer exercise uh you know it could be you know eccentric concentric holds you don't always have to go up and wait so there's many ways to kind of uh, make that exercise selection a, a little tougher but knowing when to push it and not knowing, uh, you know, when you got to come back from that. Yeah. And, and I think the reason why a lot of people like to push it every workout is because they don't have set goals in mind. Right. And if you don't have a set goal in mind, it just turns into every day. It has to be a hard day. Mm-hmm. But if you have that end goal in mind, like, all right, I need to do this. I know that this is all part of the process where today's right. a lighter day so I can hit it hard like the next day. Like right now I'm training for the, the beast tamers ch- challenge to strong first. So I have to be able to overhead press 48 kilograms, pistol squat 48 kilograms and uh, one pull up with 48 kilograms. So you, you got certain requirements to meet. I have certain requ- yeah. Absolutely. Which in that case, you know, in, in your training perspective, there's a, uh, things you need, I guess, days where you, sh- you got to push it no matter what kind of in a way. Oh yeah. Like sure. I, I got to do yeah. heavy pull-ups today. Absolutely. So, but, Absolutely. but, but I, if I do heavy pull-ups today, I can't come back on Friday because it's today's Tuesday. I can't come back on Friday. Like, Oh, I'm doing heavy pull-ups again. Cause I, I won't be able to, Right. I know I, I have to go at a significantly lighter load on Friday and just, just do go for, go for reps and groove the movement. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I can do that, and I, I'm not like pumping my chest saying I have to hit it hard, is I know the end goal. Gotcha. You know, but when people don't have an end goal, they're just like, oh, I just want to kill myself today. I, I'm trying to be on the ground huffing and puffing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and I definitely noticed that when people who are, um, I wouldn't say they have an end goal, but I think it's more of a lack of direction, whether you're trying to, I guess you say for hypertrophy, uh, you know, put on muscle, put on size, mm-hmm. or from a perspective of uh, trying to, you know, lose weight or cut body fat, right? Um, there's this notion that more is better when I think at least for the most part, at least people that I've worked with is that sometimes, let, I mean, look, there's times when like you want to push it, right? You want to work out three, four, five times a week, but and I it's think- needed, yeah. And it's needed for sure. Or you can do it for a, a duration of time, mm-hmm. right? But um, 
after a while, it's just like we, we have to recognize what's working and what's not working. And for the most part, right, it's kind of come back on those um, on how hard or how many times we're working per week. But, uh, you know, from a training perspective, right, um, how, how is your training now? Like, do you, do you are you still pretty much like four or five days a week? Are you just two, three days a week? You know, how does that uh, how does so, that work for you? So. Right now, it's really interesting because I, I'm coming off a, a lower back injury that happened about a month ago. Okay. And it's funny because we're literally speaking today. I could show you my journal. Literally, today is like, quote unquote, day one where I'm back to everything. Mm. Like for the past couple of weeks, I still have been training, right? So when I first had the lower back injury, it was really focusing on stabilizing my spine, working on core activation, bird dogs, dead bugs, all of that stuff. Right. A week later, it turned into very light loading, like light goblet squatting, uh, very light overhead pressing. Then the week after that, it turned into, you know, doing the swing, doing the clean. But I'm talking at my normal weight. I'm, I'm using a 28 or 32 kilo kettlebell. I was using a 12 kilo kettlebell. <laughs> it was like flying, you know. Kilo, yeah. So it was, it was, it was very, it was very interesting, you know, to and humble myself through that. But I, but I'm telling you guys this because everything I just repeated, you know, I just went through it, right? But now it's yeah, it's back to four to five days, right? And the way my training works, I use a trainer myself because the thing is, I could program for myself, but for me. I've, I think this is just me speaking out loud that we're always going to program the things we're really good at. And we're never going to program the things we suck at and the, train, and the trainer will keep you honest. So right now being that I'm coming off injury, yeah, we're, we're going back to four, four days a week. Uh, it's usually one hard day followed by one easier day, one hard day followed by one easier day. Okay. It's pretty kettlebell specific, but we do throw in some barbell movements. Gotcha. But my training is very varied. I'd say. Mary, what? Buried. Buried, gotcha. Okay. Mm. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's a good uh, perspective you put on the uh, like the training uh, part of it because I definitely would say for most uh, clients that I work with, uh, especially the ones that I have in person, um, and again, this goes for anybody who's either in person or you're working with me online or or just you know work with anyone else, is sometimes there will be days where – you know, the intensity, the effort won't be the same as say maybe uh, the day before that. Right. Right. And, uh, and it's okay. Right. Cause I always have to like, I always feel like people who or clients that I have that have like say two great days at the gym, but then they come in, they say that third day and just energy isn't there. You know, their weights aren't, they're not feeling as strong. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it may feel that you're, you know, you're not making progress, but sometimes it's just about taking a, a step back from that program or that day of how hard you were quote unquote supposed to work out and just tailoring it back a little bit just so you can kind of uh, avoid injury. Cause I always feel like in those days that maybe you're trying to push through, mm. it sounds when an injury happens. Right. So I have two great analogies I was told by two separate mentors, right? And the first one is if you take 10 workouts, you're going to have two incredible workouts. You're feeling great. You're strong. You'll have four eh, decent workouts and you're going to have six shit workouts. Is that Dan Dan John? 
Was it Dan John? I don't remember. I don't remember. I heard it from one of my yeah. mentors that I had as a trainer years ago, unless he took it from Dan John. But I yeah, don't know, I don't know who, but I, I've definitely heard of that uh, uh, analogy yeah. before. And it's, it's great. Yeah. It's a great one because yeah. it's, it's truth. Yeah. My good friend, John told me that if you took it from Dan John then you took it from Dan John, but yeah, so that, that is one. And then the other one is, let's say, say, say hold on, go, go back to the, say that saying again. Cause I think I'm going to cut you off when you were kind of saying it. Yeah. So if, if you have 10 workouts, right, you have two really good ones, four decent, maybe a little mediocre and you have six re- really bad ones, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, or the rest are, are just pretty rough, you know, right. Right. That's at 12, but yeah, but you, you, you get the idea. Like you're uh, going to have yes. two amazing, a couple good ones, and then the rest are going to more, more than, more than enough are going to be crap workouts where you have to go in and keep hitting it, you know? And, that, and that's the key part where I think, uh, especially for clients who are trying to lose weight, mm-hmm. uh, is realizing that not every day is going to be a kick-ass workout. Right. And then like there's going to be days where you're really not feeling it, but right. you know, a 30 minute workout or a 20 minute workout even if you cut that program or that day or whatever you're supposed to do in half, it's much better than doing nothing at all to yeah. work towards your goals. Right. Or your progress, right? Cause it's more about, you know, the progress that stacks up eventually leading to a big, you know, breakthrough or the transformation that you're looking for, as opposed to having, you know, what most people kind of do, I feel like it's like they have a week or two good weeks and then, you know, the motivation kind of starts coming down and then it's like, they kind of pick up, they stop and obviously now they kind of back down and they're always in this, in this constant take three steps forward, take five steps back. Now we got to climb more again. Right. And I feel like people always battle that constant wave mm-hmm. of at least trying to stay consistent. But you know, the unfortunate part of it is that to get to those goals, it's not really about every workout being perfect or, uh, every workout being the most amazing workout ever, but it's more about the small little progress that adds up at the end. Yeah, right. Exactly. And the, the other analogy is if you have a huge mound of dirt, right? You're taking the dirt and you're loading it into the pickup truck, right? Some days you're putting a lot of dirt. Some days you're putting one scoop. Some days you're putting half a scoop, but every day you're inching away that inching away that dirt. And at the end of the, at the end of a year, right? If you trained every day or close to every day, you'll have less dirt compared to if you only trained two weeks hard, one week off, four weeks on, three weeks off. And that's what you tend to see a lot. Like patient, for me, patient compliance, right? Like you have to find a way to make them feel that it's important to keep doing it every day, even days they don't want to. Like I'm, I'm pretty tired right now, you know, like a full load of patients, but I, I, I'm still going to train today, you know? Yeah. Because I know it'll add benefit to the rest of my training 100 you know like, it's good that you mentioned that because for me for the most part is that like i've i've gone a uh i've taken a step back from having uh like our workouts mm-hmm. like um for me for the most part right now i've been trying to get in a minimum of at least 30 minutes if not 40 something between 30 45 mm-hmm. but for the most part i found that and i'm not sure it's maybe because of the fact that i'm in the gym you know, training people. So kind of like the last thing that I want to do is kind of train myself and, yeah. and spend more time at the gym. But I found, I mean, I've kind of found this sweet spot where if I can at least do 30 minutes and it can, and literally like I go between four or five exercises mm-hmm. and then I call it a day, like a quick but, warm up, 
two or three, like, you know, you can call primer exercises and then like four main movements. And then for me, like, I feel good. Um, it might not be like optimal from a training perspective of, uh, you know, following like a, a well detailed program. But for me, it's just like hitting four or five good exercises with some, you know, at least good to decent effort and intensity uh, far outweighs me trying to be in the gym for a full hour and giving like a, you know, a half-ass effort to try, right. to try to finish it. Right. Right. So, I mean, at, at least for me, that's kind of where I've gone with my workouts for the past, like maybe six months, mm-hmm. but I've definitely, uh, you know, stayed away from, you know, the days where like, I, I feel like if I don't get this full workout in, like I got 12 exercises, like I get 12 exercises in like the whole day now is a failure. Yeah, and you want, that's how I used to feel. Sure, and, and right? you want quality. That's the thing. Right. And that's when my trainer gives me my program, I, I follow the, the rest. Because if I don't, I, it could take me an hour and a half, two hours. Absolutely. Right. But like, if you're more conscious with your time, it's like, oh, wow, this could be done in 45 minutes. And right. for you doing these 30-minute primer workouts, that's and I mean, these full-on workouts, that's fine. I mean, that's yeah. what works for you right now, and that's what you're training for. Exactly. For me right now, because of what I'm training for, I do need that hour for everything, mm-hmm. which is fine. But the... Another thing is like how much like mobility work you do and that all that stuff can be done outside the gym. hundred percent. I'm yeah. not here to take the conversation, but I, that's one thing I do see a lot. Like there's some people that warm up way too much, way too much. For there's sure, some people that don't warm up enough. Yeah. You know, a, a warm up is meant to warm up, right? You should be dripping a little, not dripping sweat, but you know, you should feel, you should feel warm. It's not foam roll for 15 minutes then you use the massage gun for another 10 and then you do all these other you, modalities you be in no, 45 no. minutes that's just, that's it by itself right right uh, my warm-up usually is four or five turkish get-ups on each side if i then as i'm doing the turkish get-ups if i feel a little tight in the shoulder i'll break up and do some some band resisted work yep mm-hmm. feel something in the hip i get down and do some 90 90 but then outside the gym depending on what i'm working on uh, I'll do that in between patients or throughout the day. Like, so for me, when I do a lot of kettlebell work and I, and I know that when I press, I need to have a stronger grip. I use one of these. Gotcha. So I'll just take this while I'm sitting. I'll do one rep on one side, one hard squeeze on the other. That's it. I'm trying to work on my pistol squat because I'm not very good at it. I'll come back. I'll do one on the left, one on the right. Then I'll keep going my day and I'll just, I'll just keep doing that throughout the day. Right. You know, like you don't have Compounds. to, I mean, you can, if you want to, if you have the time, like go in and do all these mobility breakouts while you're at the gym, but like no one has time for that. No. You yeah, can, exactly. You all this stuff into your day. Yep. Yep. And the, the other thing too, where you kind of brought up about like doing like a little bit of, little bit of pieces throughout um, the day is, mm-hmm. and I don't remember where, I think I heard this in a podcast. I just I think it might've been a podcast about, I don't know if it was Zach Evanesh or, or somebody else that I follow, but they were talking about how, you know, I think it might have been Zach who like went to, I think he did like a, some type of workout or he was visiting the jail and training like uh, a group of inmates or whatever it is. But the inmate, like they had no, uh, I think this gym had, this jail had no like, um, no workout equipment. It was just like body weight stuff, right? But these guys were like absolutely shredded. And all they did was like 25 push-ups, five chin-ups at a time, but spread out throughout the entire day. But it shows you that like even a small little effort and then it just compounding 
with time mm-hmm. to change and transformation. And I think that that's like a great way to at least get people to think of from like a, a training standpoint, a nutrition standpoint and think that like, cause I feel like this whole nutrition fitness thing is, it's never ending. Like you never actually quote unquote make it or, or get that perfect body. Right. Because like you can't maintain a perfect body all year long. Right. There's certain days, like there's certain times of the year where you do want to look your best. Right. Again, for most people, it's like summertime. They want to be able to take a shirt off. You're comfortable taking a shirt off. You're good in the bathing suit. And there's times where like, you're going to have to cut back and not maybe work out as hard or enjoy food during the holidays and put on a few pounds. But it's kind of just knowing when you got to cut back, when you got to do this, when you got to do that. And then kind of working from that to kind of make this like a journey that, that is sustainable. But I always feel like the constant, you do it, might not see it. You maybe see a little bit of a change, right? But what you want to work towards, you need much more time to accomplish that. But being that, you know, we're, we're I feel like in, in today's age, we're very like, a, we want instant gratification. We want our body to change just like that, right? Without really realizing that like, hey, look, it, it took me like, and I'm not going to say it's going to take you this long to accomplish that goal, but like it took you 10, 15 years uh, to get completely out of shape and overweight, right? But people come to the gym expecting to like lose 30 pounds in like two months. It might take much longer than that. Yeah. And people want the instant gratification. It's the same thing with me. Someone's been in pain for a year and they expect to get better in two visits. It's like, (laughs) it's impossible. It's impossible. It's having those set goals and having guidelines to help you get to those goals that will help you accomplish all that. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it turns into back back to goal setting, like having those goals and being ready to do them. Listen, anyone that's under five or 6% body fat, they're taking something they shouldn't be taking. You know, so there, there's, there's, I mean, unless you're completely genetically gifted, you're taking something you shouldn't be taking to be that so lean. Genetically gifted or, or you just crazy, you know, uh, point with a, uh, Nutrition and but like that's very few people who are like that consistent and dedicated right, right. to that, right? But um, yeah, hundred percent, I agree with you there. Um, I think I've only seen maybe like from people that I've worked worked with. I think I can literally name maybe one person who is probably like six to eight percent body fat. But I'm gonna tell you this: since working with me, like for four or five years, this person has made consistent workouts two to three times a week for the past five years there you go you know and he or she has probably had incredible workouts and completely terrible workouts but they stuck with it of course 100 percent. and he's had bad days he's had very good days but it, the point was that he just sticks with it right and, and now he do he walks around i think comfortably like i think maybe when he really dials it in like six to eight percent body fat and when he's like I guess you can say maybe not as dialed in from a nutrition standpoint. He still walks around like 11, 12, which is still amazing, <laughs> which is still amazing. Right. But, uh, you know, but the one thing he doesn't stop doing though is training. Right. Minimum, at least from, 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 he's been with me five years. Minimum I've seen him work is at least three times a week. He's definitely, uh, you know, active. Yeah. Right. And that, that's just lifestyle changes too. You know? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, he, I think, I feel like he is also like, uh, from a nutrition standpoint, he is very like, uh, uh, health conscious about what he eats and, and all this stuff. 
Yeah, because I mean, you have to be, there's, there's multiple things you want to have dialed in. Like, of course, nutrition, of course, your training, mm-hmm. sleep, alcohol consumption, stress. Cause I mean, if, if you use all these great modalities, like a Mark pro, then you like the, the stick, stick machines, then you use a Theragon and then you take all these great supplements, but you're only sleeping four hours a night. Like who cares? <laughs> right. Oh, or yeah. if you're only sleeping four hours a night, you're stressed at your job all day. Uh, who cares what else you're doing? Like you, you, everything has to be at least an eight out of 10 or seven out of 10 for you to see results. Right. You know? So there'll, there'll be times that certain things might fall off, like nutrition during the holidays, sleep during the busy time of the year, like in April, if you're an accountant, like you have to play with that and understand right. that. Throughout the year. Like you said, it's never going to be perfect. Right. Right. This is awesome, brother. I appreciate you coming on, taking the time of the day to, uh, to bring some information and value to uh, my people and my clients in the online challenge. I hope they, uh, they find some good gems from this. No. And thank you so much for having me, man. I mean, I could talk all day about this stuff because I, I truly do love it. And yeah, it, absolutely. I hear, I hear for you all that. your clients sure. that ever have questions. You guys can reach out at any time. So, uh, for anyone who does want to reach out, where can they find you, my man? You can, uh, I'm on Insta. You can follow me on Instagram, uh, Dr. Carlos Aponte DC. Uh, that'd probably be the best way. Shoot me a DM and then we can get in contact through that. Cause if I, if I give you my email, then it's like, it'll get lost in the ether somewhere. <laughs> so gotcha. Let's leave it at that for now. All right. Awesome, brother. My man, thank you so time for coming on. I appreciate you. And we will talk soon, brother. For sure. Thanks again, bro. No problem. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening today. I hope we all learned something informative. And if you like the show, please leave a five-star review. And if you really liked it, share it with someone that you think would really enjoy it. Hope you guys all have a great day. Take care.